The Top of the Tower podcast is brought to you by Shively Labs. Shively Labs is a division of Howell Laboratories. Shively is a proud employee-owned company with over 50 years of expert antenna and filter design and manufacturing. We're on the driver's seat of a Toyota Camry on I-83 in York, Pennsylvania. It's the Top of the Tower podcast. I'm your host, Scott Feibush, and uh, this week we are updating you on a story that we brought you last year on the Top of the Tower podcast. We talked about the first all-digital AM station in the country, WWFD in Frederick, Maryland. At the time, it was a test that was just about to begin in the hands of Dave Collisar from Hubbard Broadcasting, which owned the station. Now we've had a chance to actually see it and hear it in person. In fact, we're hearing it right now. We are uh, a long way from Frederick, Maryland right now uh, here in York, PA. It's probably 70 miles as the crow flies, 4,500 watt AM station, 4.30 in the afternoon, and here it is. It doesn't sound much like AM radio, does it? Because it's digital. It's all digital. There is no analog component. So when it drops out like it just did at the fringe of their signal, uh, there's nothing there to recover. But when it works, it works. And I've been driving this signal back and forth all across the D.C. and Baltimore areas. 50 or 60 miles out in every direction, and uh, it's a pretty remarkable thing for a little AM station that didn't go very far in analog days, but uh, now in all digital, it goes. So what's going on at that transmitter site in Frederick, Maryland? Well, a whole bunch of interesting things, because this experiment, in a lot of ways, is just getting started. I had a chance to stop by and visit not only with Dave Collisar, uh, but also with Mike Raid from Xperia, the company behind HD Radio. Uh, we had a uh, fairly wide-ranging chat, not just about this experiment in Frederick, uh, but some other news that's happening with uh, the HD radio system as well, ahead of the NAB show next month in Las Vegas. Here's what we had to talk about. We have talked about this on the podcast before, but now this is, uh, this is my chance to actually see this in operation. This is the first all-digital AM station in America, WWFD, in beautiful Frederick, Maryland. That's right, that's right, and uh, we'll be doing some more upgrades uh, very soon. We are about to install a Nautel NX5 that will enable us to do the full MA3 mode. So we'll be able to do not just high-fidelity audio like we've been doing now. Uh, we will be able to do stereo. We'll be able to do album artwork uh, and uh, data services as well. So we will have a full oral and visual parody with other services in a car dashboard such as fm uh, hd uh, streaming satellite services uh, uh, soon am radio will look just like that so i am here to testify that this thing works <laughs> i have been in the process of, uh, of doing my driving the last couple of months my first experience was coming down and parking in york pennsylvania which has got to be what probably 50 60 miles from here at least mm -hmm. And I turned on 820 in the car, which has an HD radio in it. And lo and behold, there you were in full digital. And I've had you in the other direction, uh, down in towards uh, the bridge on 301 that goes from Maryland into Virginia. Uh, it's the, the signal gets out. What are the? How far out have you been heard? You said you said you've got a listener in Pittsburgh now. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's someone who's uh, written us who uh, is hearing us right before pattern change. So while we're still doing us, so he's getting us a bit on Skywave propagation. 
Uh, so he's hearing us for about a half an hour before pattern change uh, every night before we before we uh, dump down to uh, 460 watts and throw it all to the east. Mm -hmm. So he's still getting us while we're on 4.3 kilowatts non-directional. And in terms of just regular day-to-day -day reception across the D.C. area, I mean, this was never an analog. This was never a signal you would listen to as you get down the 30 miles into the Beltway from here. Uh, that's true, but I uh, just received an email yesterday from a listener in Springfield, Virginia, who sent me a picture of their uh, car receiver and uh, uh, was excited to show uh, the, uh, the HD lock and the artist and title data uh, on the receiver. So he just wanted to take a picture of the radio and, and email it in and say, wow, look at this, I'm picking it up. And like I said, you know, once we install that new transmitter as well, um, uh, not only are we going to have an extra visual appeal and, and, a, and a better uh, sonic appeal, we, uh, the receivers are likely going to acquire the signal faster as well. So as soon as you tune to 820, almost immediately you'll hear audio with the new transmitter, and that's going to be a big deal for us. So let's talk about what's going on under the hood here. I mean, first of all, we were just out by one of the two towers here. You've had to do a lot of work on this antenna system here to get it to be flat and to pass this data through with all the carriers on the side here. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the third phaser on this uh, on, at this facility. Uh, this station originally was a day timer at 500 watts on 1370. Uh, and then in the 1980s, the station moved to 820. One of the towers walked across the lot um, uh, so that the, the two towers could be reoriented. Uh, a section of tower was bolted on top of it and top loading was added uh, so that it would meet minimum efficiency standards. Um, and then, of course, uh, last year, we redesigned the phaser again to broaden its bandwidth and to correct longstanding maintenance and neglect issues um, uh, so that uh, the station could pass uh, the full MA3 waveform. So mm -hmm. it's had a, a, the station, for what it is, it's gotten a lot of TLC uh, over the past couple, uh, over the past year or so, uh, you know. So what you're putting out right now, first of all, we should mention that it's fun to listen to because you also program the music on this. Everybody's got to have a hobby. It's your it's your gamut format, which uh -huh. really does run the proverbial gamut <laughs> yeah. musically. And it runs on uh, several of, of Hubbard's HD3s around yeah. PC. Yeah. And then... It's on the, uh, if you listen, it's also on the WTOP uh, network, our three FM signals. It's on the HD3 of that. As well as a couple of analog translators uh, now here in Frederick. Yes, yeah. and and that is actually one of the big uh, uh, selling points of, of this project, and and how we could promote um, all digital AM radio. Uh, we have a translator on ninety four point three FM that covers Frederick, Maryland, rather nicely, and so what we do is we invite listeners once they drive out of range of the translator. Uh, if they have an HD radio, to tune to 8.20 a.m. and hear it for many, many more miles beyond. Um, and so in a certain sense, uh, we're using the translator to sort of park our analog audience until there's enough HD radios in the market. And there already is. There's 22%, yeah. 22% of cars on the road in the D.C. metro have HD in them. So... Um, 
and of course, if you're a music station, you would much rather take your chances with that 22% than try to force people to listen to music on analog AM, Absolutely. especially on a AAA format like Gamut is. So this really is what I believe to be the next logical step in AM revitalization uh, in the sense that you have the translators as sort of a lifeline, and now you can actually revitalize the AM band by a technical change. So let's talk tech a little bit. What's going out right now, when I tune into a 20 in the car driving up here, right now it's, what, a 20-kilobit mono signal? Uh, yes. What we're, we are transmitting currently in what's called the MA3 core mode, uh, which is uh, uh, 20 kilobits. And um, the uh, transmitter that we currently have uh, is not capable of transmitting the full MA3 mode, which is why we're getting the new uh, NX5 transmitter. And so once we start that, which should be within the next few weeks, uh, the transmitter is going to be here either later this week or early next week. Um, but once we start that, uh, one, once we commission that transmitter, we'll be able to transmit um, about 40 kilobits, which is uh, about the data rate of... Uh, um, you know, an, an FM HD2 or mm -hmm. a decent internet stream. Certainly the best that AM radio is, has seen in, in well, ever, you know. Uh, so uh, You're going to have artist experience with album we're, art. We're going to have artist experience with album art. Uh, we are going to be able to do other data services. Uh, uh, we could possibly do things such as uh, BTC Navtech. Uh, we could do EAS alerts, uh, through the HD transmitter. Uh, and there's a number of uh, data services that uh, we'll be uh, partnering with Xperi with you know, in terms of testing. They're, they're, they're going to help us out in terms of uh, demonstrating the, the, the both current and future capabilities of the system. We've, we've agreed to be a bit of a test bed for, uh, for what they're doing, and, and I'm very excited about it because I... I definitely want to see the state of the art of AM broadcasting pushed further. I was going to say, I know you've been working very closely with with Xperia. Mike Raid is uh, is here from Xperia, hanging out with us, waiting for the transmitter. We can we can bring him in here too. So this really has been a, a, a good opportunity for you guys as well to have this as as some place where you can work. And I have the sixteen seventy kilohertz mm -hmm. test station that we looked at downstairs that uh, that you were experimenting with up here. How does this work with, with having uh, Hubbard as a partner on this? Oh, this is fantastic to have Hubbard as a partner, uh, to, to have a commercial broadcaster who is willing to uh, volunteer one of their stations to, to do this testing is just, is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, we're learning more about the MA3. Uh, the, you know, the, 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 the AM digital hybrid system, um, to put it put it best was really a compromise type system it was it was a system that could get broadcasters on the air with digital hybrid with their analog uh, it doesn't perform very well and um, it, so, so it leaves a little something to be desired uh, it causes you know, people complain about causing interference to to other services to adjacent channels uh, ma3 allows us to transmit a 10 kilohertz bandwidth which doesn't cause any first adjacent interference issues. Um, it's also kind of a lost art. Uh, we haven't 
had anybody really opened the hood on the MA3 development for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, we certify receivers when, an, when, a, when a manufacturer, a car manufacturer comes in and says, you know, we want to certify our radio to put it in a you know, calendar of your car. We certify that it receives MA3. So every radio that's manufactured has MA3 capability. Uh, it, there's just a lot of things we haven't looked at under the hood in a long time that says, wow, we now are learning this. What can we improve? What can we do better? Or what can we do differently? Um, it, really, it really allows us to do so much more experimenting. And the interest that, the, that we've had since WWFD's been on has been phenomenal. We're just waiting for number two. And, and one one of the uh, other experiments that we'll be that we'll be doing here, uh, you know, speaking of additional services, we're going to be testing an HD two on this facility. I was going to ask about that because I know people have wondered, and and Mike, you were saying as we were talking about this earlier that that's something where the receivers now would need to catch up on, right? That that's correct because uh, as we were talking earlier. Um, we don't believe the capability for an HD2 currently exists in receiver designs right now. Um, once again, this is one of these things that we're learning uh, as, as we go along. We've never, like I said before, we've never looked under the hood in at least a decade on this stuff. So um, to be able to test out an HD2 and to, to, to be able to transmit it is... It gives the broadcasters many more options. You know, it gives them uh, that, it, you know, a second audio channel. Mm -hmm. That you, you just, we, we never thought about this a, a decade ago that this was even possible in our wildest dreams. Right. If you're an AM station and you have two translators, now you can split up the programming mm -hmm. with an HD2. And, uh, you know, I believe... Which, I mean, when this, when this development started, there was no such thing as a translator for an AM to begin with. That, that's yeah. right. So, you, you, you know, right. the, the inventors of new technologies n are never really able to fully see what's coming ahead. Like, we don't know what changes this will bring in, in, the, in the industry. And that's part of what's exciting. Like, uh, you know, because people will find uses for this that we haven't thought of. And, uh, and, 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 and that's nice. And, and, you know, you were mentioning about AM receivers and, and HD2s. And I, and I, I remember uh, when 1670 was on the air, mm -hmm. I, when you were trying subchannels, mm -hmm. I actually could hear it on my car radio. Yeah. So my car radio was certainly capable of receiving uh, HD yeah. subchannels on AM. So, so it, it, it really all depends on the radio. We don't know what the receiver manufacturers have or have not implemented. Um, you know, we never even spe uh, specified uh, artist experience for AM. When, mm -hmm. we, when we were developing artist experience, starting to develop artist experience way back in 2013, um, we never made a specification for, for MA1 or MA3. We, we just never thought it was, it was possible. So when we started experimenting with artist experience in the laboratory with MA3, we just, quite honestly, were not going to know what happens to the radio until we actually do it. And then you put it out there. You know, I was amazed, you know, this is, I think, a 2014 Camry that I'm driving around. Mm -hmm. 
And when I first drove within range of the signal in December, and you know, I was like, oh, is this really going to work? And all of a sudden, yeah, I could hear the analog whoosh, and it locked in. It's like, oh, this was built into the code here mm-hmm. all along. They said, what, 10 years at yeah. least that that, was, that, that it's, code was it's, sitting there? Yeah, it's been baked in there, yeah. And, and remember, when you're driving around a calendar year 2014 car, that receiver was designed in 2010. Mm-hmm. Because it takes a manufacturer three years to, from design to build and vetting to actually get a radio or the center stack, as it's called, uh, the center console of the car, to get it installed and verified and get it out to the general public. So there, there's a lot that has to go on behind the scenes for an OEM to put a radio together. It's just, it's, they're, they're not throwing, designing a circuit board, throwing a bunch of resistors and, and capacitors and some ICs on there, and off you go. It, it, it takes an auto manufacturer a long time to, to produce a radio. So, yes, when you see a calendar year 2019 car, that, that, does, that radio was designed in 2015 and was certified in 2016. So you're, you're on to model year 2023 already, basically? Oh, yeah. Yes, we have several radios right now that are in certification for calendar year 2023. Maybe my next car, by then. <laughs> we are, uh, as we're talking, we're a little more than a month away from NAB in Vegas. You guys are both headed out there. Uh, you've got a paper that you're doing on Wednesday, and you'll be at the Nuttall uh, Users Group on Sunday, right? That's correct, yes. Yeah. We, uh, we'll be doing a panel. Uh, this is our fifth or sixth panel now that, we, that we've done. Yeah. Um, so um, anything that's going to get the interest out there and spark interest and, and, and get the broadcasters going, this only, not only does it, I believe, help the, um, the broadcast industry, it helps the broadcast industry with the OEM manufacturers. We have had some manufacturers come to us and say, why should we keep AM in the car? And we go to them and say, well, it's beneficial to have a HD radio in the car because... Of, and then they stop us and say, no, 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 not HD radio. AM period. AM period. And so the OEMs are questioning it. And what MA3 allows us to do with AM all digital, it shows the OEMs that the broadcasters still care and that the broadcasters are still innovative and they're still going to keep moving the art forward. So that... It keeps AM legitimate in the car. It costs an OEM a lot of money to keep an analog AM radio in the car because of all the uh, EMI shielding, all the electronics that are in a car mm-hmm. now didn't exist 20 years ago. And it, all that, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the state of the art for AM analog hasn't changed in 100 years. They, they can build an AM radio for about four bucks. It's all the other stuff that they have to do to protect that $4 radio that drives up the cost of the car. <clears throat> I, mean, and I, can, I can hear the data moving on the bus through my car yes. when I'm on a weak AM signal, which you know probably says somebody at Volkswagen wasn't really doing their job when they did that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, it's like it harkens back to the old days when you could hear, actually hear, uh, you know, when you're tuned to an AM radio and you turned your blinker on and mm-hmm. you could hear the blinker on an auto weak signal. So... Yeah, there, there, there's a lot going on, especially with EV cars that are now coming out. All electric vehicles, um, it, you know, uh, it, 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 there, there's even even more challenges involved with that, you know. Um, so 
you have to keep AM relevant. I think one of the reasons to keep AM relevant is to is to go all digital. Does it solve all the problems that are inherent with the AM band? No. It's not a magic bullet. But does it vastly improve the AM? Yeah. The yeah. AM experience, of and, course. And and at this point, I, I, I like to mention something about coverage of the signal. Uh, what what we found is that during the daytime, the signal in your average car radio will lock just fine to the 0.5 millivolt contour. And under ideal circumstances, you could receive this, and we have gotten plenty of reception reports, down to the 0.1 millivolt contour. I believe it. That is far beyond where an average analog listener would tune out. And uh, at night, what we found is as soon as pattern change starts, um, you can hear the station at about its 0.5, and then as uh, interference increases through co-channel Skywave, um, the, your coverage as the night wears on will, go, will retreat to the NIF. So at what point, given that you have a 50,000-watt AM signal on 1500 that's doing federal news radio during the day and then covers most of the eastern seaboard overnight, Will there come a point where maybe at least, you know, you say, okay, at midnight we're going to flip this thing to digital and see what it can do? Well, I, I, I can't Please. comment on that on Please. that officially, but, but I, can, I can say personally, uh, not having my Hubbard hat on, that I would love to see that, and I have been pushing for that very, that very project. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that I'll be able to report back to you something on that. I would I would love to be able to tune this in at home overnight. I think it'd get a lot of people talking. Yeah. And 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 it would it and it would get people interested in Skywave AM again. If this is Station One. When do we start seeing two, three, four, and five? Uh, well, there currently uh, are at least four broadcasters that I know of who are currently jockeying for position right now to be number two. Um, I won't comment as to who they are, but they're in various locations. Uh, one of them is in Connecticut. There are a couple in Pennsylvania, one in New Jersey. Um, there's one also who has expressed interest in Alabama. Now, I haven't reached out to him in a month or so, but he uh, inquired about the license, if his license was still uh, good for uh, the HD and... Uh, for those anybody out there who's contemplating it, uh, our director of sales, Rick Greenhut, said he will waive any licensing fee for any station that wants to go to MA3. We will simply waive the HD radio licensing fee. So, um, even for stations that don't have an HD license at all right now. Correct. Wow. Correct. We'll waive that fee. Just to, if you're going to turn it on to MA3, we're going to waive the fee. So, um, <clears throat> so the race to number two is on. I was hoping to have it done by NAB, but it looks probably like this summer. And from the commission's point of view, is this still done on an experimental basis, or are they ready to just say, go ahead and do it? They they're still want to see an experimental authority on this, and come July, when because July 16 was our turn on last year, come July 16 this year, Dave and I are going to have to fill out uh, or submit a test report to the commission detailing everything, uh, what we did to the station, how we did it, um, some of the, you know, the, uh, I would say some of the, the trials and tribulations. Basically, they just want to be overwhelmed with information. Mm -hmm. They've been very supportive. Uh, they have not gotten in our way. Um, they have just simply said, 
we just want you to apply for the experimental authority and report back to us in a year. And after they get all the information, then they go back and review it and say, okay, do we want to renew this experimental authority? The indications that we've gotten from the commission is so long as we're not causing harmful interference to another licensee or another service, they're not going to stand in the way. And I know I've tested a little bit out uh, in the part of, of the D.C. metro area where I am, out in Prince George's County, there's that 810 in Annapolis that's first adjacent, 250-watt daytime or, mm -hmm. you know, another 30 miles out. And I can hear it pretty clearly without getting a lot of interference from you anywhere where anybody would actually listen to that signal. So it, it seems to work. Yeah, yes. Um, there, there, there's also an 830 in Chambersburg, PA. That's a five, they're a one kilowatter, excuse me. Um, we did have somebody uh, report to us that they were getting interfered with. Uh, however, that person did admit to us that he was a mile away from 820's tower. Well, that would kind of do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so he was, he was, you know, uh, he wouldn't have been able to hear it very well he, on the he, analog. That, 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 that's right. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't hear. He was getting something for nothing. He was right here on I seventy traveling west. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as you go towards Hagerstown, yes, you'll start getting the Chambersburg station, but Hagerstown's thirty five miles away. Yeah. So. so, circling back around then to what's coming up here next, you've got the the Nautel transmitter that's coming in here. And that'll get you 40 kilobits total, but on some outer carriers that aren't going to go quite as far as the, as the central ones, right? Right. The, uh, the uh, full MA3 mode uh, will likely be reliable within the station's 0.5 millivolt, millivolt contour. Mm -hmm. And then you will hear the core mode uh, from the 0.5 to the 0.1. Yeah, the, uh, the, the way the MA3 stru uh, is structured is, is you have a unmodulated uh, pilot carrier that it is at the center frequency. Uh, 12 dB down from that, going 5 kilohertz out, is your primary core carriers. Uh, another 15 dB down, another 5 kilohertz going out, is your what's your enhanced carriers. And those enhanced carriers are what are capable of carrying the digital uh, the stereo information, uh, the, the stereo audio information, and the data services. So um, after that, the MA3 meets well within the NRSC2 emissions mask, um, <clears throat> and certainly it, um, is well within compliance of the NRSC5D mask. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, if anybody wants to look at the total nuts and bolts of the MA3 system, uh, go to nrscstandards.org and download the NRSC 5D document or and the 1026 uh, air, AM air interface document. Those are the documents that specify all the different modes. Exciting. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. This is uh, this is neat to see it now. I can't wait to see it. We've got the new transmitter in here as well, and, and hopefully I'll make it back this summer and hear how the signal sounds. In yeah, the meantime, yeah. I, I hope so. Thank you very much for uh, dropping by. My thanks to Dave Collisar and Mike Reid from Hubbard Radio and from Xperia. And here we are still tuned in on this AM820 signal. Let's listen again for a moment.
that is the gamut over a 4,500 watt, I think it's 4,500 watt AM signal. We are now uh, probably a good 75 miles at least from Frederick. It is still hanging in there. I mentioned, by the way, those first adjacents. Uh, we are not that far right now uh, from WEEU in Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, which is a 20,000 watt station on 830. That's the first adjacent. Let's hear how that does against 820. Again, we're probably a good 70, 75 miles from Reading and sort of in one of the nulls of their signal, but uh, it's really not taking much of a hit at all from that first adjacent HD radio uh, signal in Frederick. Let's see if we can get the Frederick signal to lock once more before we get out of range. Waiting for it to lock here. A little bit of silence. We do have a display on the screen, however. And sure enough, there is the lock once more. It is still hanging in there. I'm going to see how far I can drive it as I make my way back to home base in Rochester. Now, that is the Top of the Tower podcast for this week. Thanks for joining us. We'll get on a more regular schedule as we head into the NAB show next month. And uh, we will start doing some previews of some of what you're going to see at NAB as well. Thanks for being with us on the Top of the Tower podcast. 20 a.m. WWFD Frederick. 103.5 HD3. WTOPFM HD3 Washington. WWWTFM HD3 Manassas. WTLPFM HD3 Braddock Heights Frederick. W252DC Reston. And worldwide at thegamut.fm. <laughs> Top of the Tower podcast is brought to you by Shively Labs. Shively Labs is a division of Howell Laboratories. Shively is a proud employee-owned company with over 50 years of expert antenna and filter design and manufacturing.